2: welcome to the tuesday edition of the donna and steve experience on my talk One. everything entertainment donna valentine and steve patterson along with holly roberts for the first hour of our show oh everybody feeling good yeah i don't know about steve though yeah steve not so much yeah we exiled him uh-huh
1: hey steve I don't know if Steve is there. We're <laughs> <My God. laughs> uh, off to a good start. Yay! Oh, Steve. Oh, I think we're going to need an
2: engineer in the house. Okay. Otherwise, Steve can come back in
1: here if he okay. goes Just all the way across his, yeah, the room. And turns around. and Yes, yeah. exactly. Turns the mic towards the wall. <laughs>
0: no, don't worry. Hey, I can hear you guys, but I can't hear you when I talk, but I have an engineer who's coming here. Great! But I will join you, and it's going to be a great show. Is it? Probably not.
2: <laughs> okay, if history is uh, worth anything, probably yeah, not.
0: I'd say I have uh, Adam the Hot Engineer coming over, and I bet you I'll be joining you in just mere moments. So stand by. All well, right, all stand right. By. Here.
2: Oh, wait. Well... well. Here goes steve okay bye steve <laughs> Bye, Steve. That's too bad because steve was going to tell us all mm. about the writers oh, strike well, we in hollywood can, well,
1: we could talk about
2: that we can donna Cover that it's for the, we can cover that for the first time in 15 years yes plus 15 years uh hollywood writers have indeed decided to go on strike um so they announced that a work stoppage is going to begin this afternoon um, after negotiations with the labor group representing the studios and the streamers uh, it faltered last night, probably while we were sleeping. Yes. So they're going to begin picketing today at, ooh, let's see, 11, 11 a.m. our time, 1 p.m. local time and um, at locations, including Amazon, Culver Studios, uh, CBS, Radford and CBS Television City, Disney's Burbank headquarters. There's a lot of people in this uh,
1: organization, right? Well, there's over 10,000 people who are represented by the Writers Guild. And they're essentially, they're going on strike, Donna, because the business has changed in the past 15 years. Very much so. The way that writers are compensated has been completely flipped over. By the onset of streaming services and people are really upset about it and people aren't able to make a living based on the circumstances that they are currently in right now. And so they go on strike. I'm surprised they waited this long. Well, there's been a lot of back and forth and the Writers Guild and the producers have been able to negotiate some deals over the past couple of years. You know, every couple of years they go back to the bargaining table and they're able to negotiate something. But this time, you know, the production companies aren't necessarily budging. The Writers Guild isn't budging either. They want pay increases. They want residuals for streaming services, because as it stands right now, you write a show like Wednesday for Netflix. Sure. You get an upfront fee, but you're not getting residuals on that show in a way that you would, say, if you were on staff or you were a writer for a sitcom like Friends. Right. Even a sitcom right. like The Big Bang Theory. Sure. And it's really affecting folks' bottom lines. And, uh, you know, I told this story in more on The Morning Show. There's a podcast that I like to listen to called The Town. It's a Hollywood business podcast. And they were telling the story. Of a writer on the show, The Bear. Did you watch The Bear, Donna? I did watch The Bear. Did you enjoy The Bear? I loved The Bear. The Bear, lots of people loved it. Critical acclaim, yep. popular acclaim. Well, one of the writers from The Bear earned a big Writers Guild of America award for their work. They had no money in their bank account. Oh, my gosh. They had none, and they had to charge their tuxedo to wear to the award show. They're just it, the yeah top, something's not right, yeah, the compensation <clears throat> needs to evolve in Hollywood, and so thus the writers are picketing this morning
2: i good for them, yeah, good for what is this now, what does this mean, Holly, for things like Saturday night live, late night t v
1: uh Jimmy Kimmel, Jimmy Fallon, yeah, well, they're gonna go dark immediately, you know, mm. I you know, back in the old uh, the writer' strike of two thousand seven two thousand eight. And in previous ones, I think even back in the 80s, some of the late night hosts like Conan O'Brien, even Johnny Carson back in the day, they wrote their own jokes. But we'll see how long that even if that would last, because, you know, these uh, these people are in solidarity, solidarity with the the guilds. Right. And so uh,
0: that. Hey, guys. Hey, hey. you know, that solidarity, I, I think it starts there. And then after a while. I think that maybe the studios, you know, at the NBCs and the CBSs of the world say, "Okay, appreciate the solidarity." That being said, got a lot of money wrapped up here, and so we're gonna have to get back into production. What I'm trying to remember is hearing that all the late night shows, like effective immediately, just kind of shut down. How how long did that last? Back in 2009 or seven, whenever it was, I, I forget. Isn't it this, like a
2: hundred days? Well, or something? I,
0: no, I know that the strike lasted that oh, I long, see. but I mean, when did when did Conan O'Brien start spinning his wedding ring on his desk as a means of entertainment since they didn't have any writers? Like did they initially shut down and then after 2 or 3 weeks do they then did they come back on the air? You know I'm, I'm just curious of the recent precedent for some of these late night shows because I I was sort of surprised to hear that they're immediately shutting down. I wonder let's say this one lasted for 100 days. Do the late night shows stay dark for the first week? The first month?
1: Well, they're going to you know what? I think with a lot of these shows, they are in solidarity with the Writers Guild of America because there were shows back in 2007, 2008, where people decided to cross the picket line. Or, you know, Ellen DeGeneres. That was a big one. Mm-hmm. And people got really upset mm-hmm. that Ellen decided to move forward with production while the strike was going on. So you have to decide, you know, what? Okay, so this immediate strike is happening. Are you Are you gonna have Are people, you gonna be are, all in, or are you gonna have folks cross the picket line? And if you're a guild signatory, you know you have to honor those uh, those arrangements. And right. So, ugh, like, it's not a good look.
2: You Either way, it, it sucks because if you cross the picket line, then your your comrades in the Writers Guild are, mm-hmm. you know, you're on their S list.
0: Right, yeah. You it's know, like, can you get blackballed down the line where you're like, "Hey, I'm just trying to get work," and they're like, "Yeah, for some reason, we're just not going to hire you."
2: Yes, or you know, then you've got your powers that be that you report to every day, as in, you know, your vice president of the production company and the, and whatnot. It's it's a really bad spot to be in.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's dicey. Here's my guess: if I had a crystal ball, and I don't, I would assume that this is not going to go as long it, it almost feels like the most recent writer strike was too recent and went too long in the first place. That it feels like the, the the pressure will be applied a little bit differently, especially if you see studios that are making big money and actors continue to make big money, directors, et cetera. And that you know the writers are kind of like the the blue collar of these productions, right? Yeah. They go out and they're they're, they're doing trying to,
2: yeah the unsung heroes, yes, you know
0: And one joke at a time, they're trying to get a laugh, they're trying to make the talent look good. I think this doesn't last long, but i have no You've inside wrong knowledge at all. i've been wrong a lot Donna. <laughs> i've been wrong a lot
2: oh man well we'll uh we'll keep everybody posted on that story i mean for sure it's gonna go into next week i would imagine right there's right. a lot there's a well, lot of stuff to hammer out
1: I, uh, you know word on the street is that this may last through the summer so oh this my is gosh. Uh, this is a big deal and I don't think that this writers guild strike is going to be re- resolved in the next couple of weeks. There's a lot of negotiating to do. Both sides are kind of sticking their heels in the sand so to speak. And uh it might not last as long as the 2007-2008 strike, but it's definitely going to be around. I that's where I'm putting my money. Mm. Yeah. This is, this, is gonna, this is not going to be resolved quickly. Yeah.
0: Well, to any of you people who have been hopeful to get on a reality show, get your headshots done now. <laughs> this is the time to spice up the reel and say, the casting directors might come a-calling. Yeah. Get that demo ready. Although, aren't those the most scripted of all shows? Well, reality shows? We,
2: I wouldn't say the most scripted, but there's some funny business going on there. I have to go. No, you have to stay All right. because you are going to tell us about something called time blocking.
0: I'm trying a new thing. It's my new thing. It was suggested to me last week, and uh, and, I, and I gave it a whirl. So I, I want to talk a little bit about time blocking and then a little bit about a, a calendar confusion that I have. Maybe some smart person out there listening will be able to help me and some others. We'll get into that when we come back. It's Donna and Steve. TV Boy for my buddies over at The Canopy Group who are hard at work today. Doing what? Well, saving people money. They could save you money. It's so easy, by the way. All you need to do, if you've ever wondered, wait, is there a fee that goes with that service? There's not. You, you just go to thecanopygroup.com and then click Get a Quote. So what do they help out with? Homeowner's insurance, uh, auto insurance. Maybe you're busting out the boat. You finally did that. Well, that boat needs insured. ATVs, snowmobiles, etc They can take care of all of your insurance needs. And one thing that has recently happened The past few years, there have been some big insurance companies who have been a little overexposed in Minnesota. We've had a lot of storms come through, a lot of hail damage, wind damage. And so some of those overexposed companies, well, they've had to pay out on a lot of claims. And then they just raise rates for everybody to try to recoup some of that money. That's what's great about the Canopy Group. They're prepared for a time like this. That's because they have 16 different insurance companies that they work with. Some of those companies have not been overexposed at all. There are still ways for you to save, and you can start that today at thecanopygroup.com.
2: Hey good morning. Donna and Steve at your service on my talk one oh seven one where talk is fun. Coming up at ten thirty today, as usual, the College of Pop Culture Knowledge. I think we've got a pretty tight game right now. I think I'm winning by one.
1: That is
0: correct.
2: And if Rocco is back, I believe we have something coming up at 11.30 as well. Yeah,
0: I think we're going to play the same name game today. That's typically what we play on Tuesdays at 11.30. But he missed Monday, so I don't know if he'll come back and be like, oh, I really want to do a cover story. Sure. I don't know. Yeah. That's the fun of listening to us, guys. Don't be mad. <laughs> Just go with the flow, yeah, yo. we'll
2: let Rocco figure it out. <laughs> ah!
0: Are we on? When are we back from commercial? We're back, Steve. Okay, good. Yep. Hello and good morning. All right. So last week I was uh, in a meeting with someone, and they were talking just about like how scheduling things are going and scheduling, organizing, maintaining, uh, keeping a calendar, maintaining it, and remembering to look at the calendar—all a big struggle for me. Okay, it's a real weak spot for me.
2: It's interesting to me.
0: Do. You, are you being facetious?
2: Um, no. I really do find it interesting that, like, you're, you're kind of a guy who's got it together.
0: Well, I, yes, but sometimes, I. thanks for saying that, Donna. You're
2: welcome.
0: Sometimes, though, it's kind of like a duck. So, still on the top. And the little flippers, if you look under the water, they're just flipping like crazy. You know what I mean? Trying to keep the duck moving. It looks yeah. like smooth sailing. And so my, uh, uh, truly, my weak spot always in any job has been organization. Um, again, calendars in particular, really, really challenging. And so usually things end up, I've certainly missed some things. There, there, I remember there was a shoot that I missed years ago with Twin Cities Live, and Elizabeth called me, (gasps) so she calls, and I'm happily driving into work casually at a real calm pace. She calls, (laughs) and I'm like, hey, Libby calling me. And she says, are you on your way? And I was like, "Uh, to where? And she said, oh, we have a shoot. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. So that was a bummer. I've avoided many of those big mistakes. Those have only happened a few times. But the day-to-day... I do radio stuff. There are some other things that I do, some other business venture things that I'm trying to get rolling, blah, blah, blah. I need to better organize. This person said to me, have you tried time blocking yet? And I said, what is time blocking? I don't know what these words are. And it's sort of an interesting concept. It's not new. I'll tell you that. But it's essentially, instead of doing a to-do list on your calendar, what you do is you break the day and fill up all the time in your day into different
1: hi everybody this is adriana Trajani. i'm the host of you are what you read i have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now we get everybody from sarah jessica parker to Kristen hannah mitch album Susie essman craig ferguson
0: the gym to work out
2: pretty sure that's j-lo and p.s the person behind all of this
0: is chris jenner
2: llc we drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends
0: blinded by the item listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the blinded by the item youtube channel blocks so
2: like color-coded blocks
0: you could you could color code it for Uh, sure i used
2: to do this i think i know what you're gonna say and i was just gonna say i used to do this for my mom when I was in college, so she knew where I was and what days I was working, because some days I would work Wednesdays 5 to 10. Other days it would be like Friday 1 to 4, you know. And yeah. so I would, everything that was work would be in blue, everything that was school would be in pink. And then I would put it on the fridge, like back in the day, right? you know, when you couldn't do this stuff on a computer.
0: Yeah, it's kind of like that. So like, for instance, tomorrow morning... I will. I'll. I'll um, if all, if all goes according to plan, and if I feel a little better health wise, I'll then wake up and I have like quiet time or like reading prayer that like just like peace time in the morning for a half hour. Then five thirty to six thirty, prep the radio show. Then right after that. Workout and then you chunk all this and then even like commute have a block of time in your thing that says commute and then for, so there's a part of your day that's very predictable but then after that in the afternoon is when I can sort of commit time to some other ventures and that's where I need the help so for instance let's say uh, creating social media content. I could put on the calendar then, okay, Tuesday from two o'clock until four o'clock is a social media block. It's not, here's every task that you do, but it's for these two hours, I'm going to commit my time and energy to social media, or it could be um, an app, meaning like, you know, client work, stuff like that. You could also have an hour that is just emails. I'm just going to go through and I don't think about it before. And the the person said the key to this and a lot of entrepreneurs and you know side hustle people, I think, do utilize this. But she said the key is you really have to respect the blocks. So you set a time, and when that time is over. You honor it, and you move on to the next thing. So that's why it's a little less do all of these specific tasks, and it's more now commit your energy to email. Now commit your energy to creative thinking for something that you want to try to create. Uh, Now set your time for uh, reading, researching something, whatever it might be. But when the time is done, you're done. And you can leave it peacefully because you know, oh, on tomorrow's calendar or two days from now, I have more time built in for research or creating or reading or, or, you know, whatever it might be in your world. So I'm going to give this a go.
1: Mm, Isn't this just called keeping a calendar?
0: (laughs) Yes, I was saying it's so
1: fancy. I'm like this. This is you just yeah. It's
0: well, and that is my problem. <laughs> yeah. I have never been able to keep a calendar. I was in this meeting last week, and they said, "How's it all going with all like the, the you know other client work?" And I said, "You know, I got to be honest. About three or four weeks ago, I did a calendar on Sunday and said, here's when I'm going to do all of the things.'" And I said, and it was awesome and very low stress. And then I never did it again. And so I am like a baby. I like need baby food. Here comes the plane. When it comes to scheduling and calendars, this is what I'm saying, guys. This is how bad I am. But at this is this a,
2: the problem. You're not going to do this if you're not doing the other stuff. You're not going to like block time block. That's consuming.
0: Your that just time. sounds
2: like even more work than just keeping a calendar. Just get a calendar. Yeah. A paper. Get a paper calendar that you can look at, tangibly hold in your hand. You can do it. You can do it. And you could get the kind that times it out. It's like 12 noon, 1 p.m. They make those, you know.
0: I have to see. We gotta I look go. my calendar see what I have to do next.
2: All right, all you sexy babies. Welcome back to the show. It's Donna and Steve on My Talk 107.1. Everything entertainment. Uh,
0: you know, it's funny the timing, some, j- just how some things work out, you know, without planning. So we're, we're talking about scheduling and uh, being mindful of time. And then right after that, I go into a, uh, a live commercial read for uh-huh. a new partner. Yeah. Here at My Talk, Origin Meals. And, and so I'm talking about like time, and hey, we want to save time, you want to eat better, don't worry about getting dinner on the table, just get like dinner delivered to your door. Everything's great. One uh, problem is I, I, I'm in this little side studio today here, and so I don't have access to the normal countdown clock or when I'm at my home studio, I always have a clock up so I can just check when I'm in and when I'm out, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so then, much to my surprise, Don, I'm not sure if you got to enjoy it live, but I thought I had about 10 more seconds left in that commercial. I did not, in fact I had zero <laughs> seconds left. And so then I was like, it's so yummy and you're gonna love it, boom, done. Let me just add this, if you heard that and you're thinking I wonder where he was going, I was just gonna tell you to go to originmeals.com and mention you're a My talker, and guess what? You'll save 30% off your first order.
2: Wow, that's a lot. It
0: is a lot. We were in a room and we were talking about, hey, what, how can we really do something cool? And it's great, um, the guy who owns Origin Meals, he was like, you know, ten percent—that just sort of seems like white noise, right? You don't even flinch if you see a ten percent sale. And I was like, twenty seems good. He was like, thirty seems good. I was like, great, hey, it's coming out of your pocket, not mine. Let's do thirty percent. But anyway, good. yeah, I just wanted to say, and I just found it funny after we were talking about my inability to keep a calendar and my struggle with time management. Then I, I, I screwed up time management during a commercial. That's we're awesome. we're real and we're authentic, yeah. Donna. Yeah. S- yep. Support remember. That's
2: right, Steve. Yes.
0: Gosh, you are the queen.
2: We are imperfect people. Yes, queen. Thank you. Now we talk about drones.
0: I got swept away in a YouTube thing last night and then it reminded me of oh, I'm something I'm not going to like this. No.
2: I I <laughs> no, kind of I well, don't know. first of all, no, I couldn't I even, don't need to know where the sharks are. I couldn't
0: even have well, I done do. this story. If Don was still producing the show. Right. Because she has a full-blown panic. Yeah. I, so I'm not even, we're not going to link it up because a lot of people get all weird about this kind of stuff. I'm just going to tell you what I saw last night. Okay. Randomly recommended on YouTube was this guy who runs this drone page. And he does a lot of drone work on YouTube. And he does it out on the Pacific Coast. And I, it was clickbait. The thumbnail was like, watch how close this shark gets to the paddleboarder. And you see it. No Mm-mm. one gets hurt. There's nothing violent that happens in any of these videos. However, it is eye-opening. So if you've ever been in the water, in the ocean, on a stand-up paddle board or on a surfboard and thought, well, I've never seen a shark, you're probably right. But they've probably seen you. Right. Hey. The- the difference, the, <laughs> the difference is that the angle at which you are in the water and can see the water doesn't allow you to see down so much. Mm. The color of the water looks different if you're sitting on the water as opposed to if you are above the water. This drone footage is wild.
2: Are you going to get, we need to link this up.
0: All right, I'll, I'll I'll dig it up. I, we'll get it up. We'll get it up next hour. We'll put it up on the website, so okay. you, can, you can check back later today. Um, I'll see if I can find the the best one to show you. But what's mesmerizing is this guy with this drone. Again, this is the California coast. It he goes up in the air, and you see suddenly into the water, mm. and you see very easily mm. the not just the dark silhouette, but that these are sharks or those are dolphins and it's amazing how these sharks come so close to these stand up paddle boarders they come so close to these surfers and they don't even know it. but then what happened over time was some, what he would do is he would bring his drone down close to somebody on a stand up paddle board as a, as a means of informing them there's something oh, below God. you but he's trying to do it for their good Donna. You, I know. you'd rather the drone than wait what's that on my ankle So then he would do that. But then he found, he said in this video, that over time, people then started going after the drone. Like if they saw the drone go lower, then people would paddleboard over to it because they knew that there was something in the water that the drone was trying to see. So the exact opposite effect of what he's trying to do, which is to inform people. But he's also just taking these beautiful aerial shots. And it is kind of crazy how you see... What's actually happening in the water, and you just don't see this when you're in the water. By the way, Mm. this particularly is uh, able to be done in shallow water. So so again, think of where people paddleboard right off the coast or surf Mm. right off the coast. I don't think the same effect would happen if you went out in the middle of the ocean because the depth of the water is so different. But since it's shallower, I believe it allows you a better view to see the sharks. But just the concept of you being in the water... Going back in at the end of the day and saying, oh, that was great. And everybody said there were sharks out here and I didn't see any sharks. And then if you were shown the drone footage, and he will, he says in the video that he later showed the people the drone footage and then they're like, oh my gosh, I was on the paddleboard standing up and there was a shark like five feet away from me.
2: But I think those people who are out there paddleboarding and doing the boating and the surfing... They're in touch with their, you know, with the ocean and the sea creatures and all that. People like me who stay ankle deep in the water, (laughs) you know, I I'd be the one freaking out. Sure. I'd be like, oh, hell no. I'm never going anywhere near any sand, anything. I I feel like the people who go out there already know their stuff out
0: there. You know, the only reason I even was recommended that video was because I don't know why I was first recommended a video of a woman on a stand-up paddleboard. And if you've ever been on one of those, they're very topsy-turvy. Like it just—it's difficult to keep your balance yeah, on them. Yeah,
2: some people take their dogs
0: out. Well, there was a woman yeah. in a uh, in a lake in Florida, and there was an alligator. Yep. It nope. came right up to her. Donna, the alligator was on the surface of the water, swimming right toward her. And apparently, before she fired up the camera, it had attempted to bite her paddleboard, but now you've just got an alligator that is right beside you on your paddleboard. And it reminded me of a time when we were a couple of years ago, went on a Disney trip In the hotel where we stayed, they had a couple of lakes on the property and I'm really dodgy about lakes. But then I thought, you know, I don't know, it's on the resort. Maybe it's cool. My son and I, I still don't even know why we did this. We went into a canoe on this lake. Canoes are a little dodgy, too. Like, they can tip kind of mm, I do
2: not go in canoes, either.
0: Well, Pappy went in a canoe. <laughs> and no. the whole time I was in there, I jet, the whole time, I just kept thinking, what will I do if I see an alligator or if an alligator bites one of our oars? Or uh, It was just the whole time it was not relaxing. For, for all but about 60 seconds, I got a little video. My son looked cute up there. I was like, this is peaceful. And then it immediately shifted back to, what if we died here together? Me not liking yeah. that.
2: See, you have some dark thoughts.
0: I don't try to. That, yeah,
2: I mean, it's the unknown. Yes. I, listen, I follow a couple of alligators on Instagram. Say
0: it out loud again. <laughs> Say it one more time out loud again.
2: Can you um, give us their handles? Uh, you know, it's actually a guy who's an alligator handler. Um, I'll get back to you on that. Thanks. So I follow a couple of alligators, and this guy is hes showing you you know, where the alligators ears are. So he's like demonstrating he's an educator and he's got this one alligator, but behind him, there's another alligator that's kind of creeping towards him. And he kept looking back at him and going, Hey, go lay down, go lay down. Nope. Nope. And I'm like, what, what is this? But the alligators there with this giant jaw, I need to know more about them. Do they like sharks? They're not looking for people to eat.
0: Wait. Well, you know what, and it's interesting that you say that. And by the way, let me just—I t- can tell you um, the the name of this. If you want to go search it on YouTube, the Malibu Artist is the name of the account of the guy who does drone footage of these sharks. The Malibu Artist, and, uh, and and the video that I was looking at is the best great white shark drone footage of 2021. And he narrates it. It's like a 10 or 11 minute video. But it's interesting that you say that because he said. We have an image of sharks that is, they're just always bloodthirsty. They're yeah. always hungry.
2: And you know who we blame for that?
0: Steven Jaws. Spielberg. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> I mean... ruined uh, my life. Richard Dreyfus's hands aren't clean in this situation either, <laughs> to be frank. But he said, for all of the belief that they're bloodthirsty and just looking for someone's leg to rip off, and obviously there have been many tr- tragic shark situations, uh, he said all of this footage does tell a different side of the story. Not to say that they won't eat a human if push comes to shove, but you see so many times from his drone footage, you see them coming right up to surfers or paddleboarders and seeming uninterested. Even when somebody goes off of the paddleboard at one point, you would think it's like, dun there are the feet, let's go get them. Right. Still not the case. And they really eat stingray a lot. And he has footage of stingrays being right next to the sharks, right next to, right in front of them. And then the sharks are just like, nah, yeah, you no, know, not, not hungry now. Yeah, I'm full. Yeah, so it does, it certainly colors the page a little bit differently. Again, if you want to check this out on YouTube, it's called The Malibu Artist. That's the account. And uh, the best great white shark drone footage, he has all sorts of drone footage. But the one other thing I wanted to mention quickly is that... When I was in New York a couple of weeks ago, we were driving past Central Park. and Oh, we were driving downtown. And I was like, wouldn't it be so cool if you could get a drone here just going through these streets of Manhattan that seem like miles long skyscrapers? It would just be so cool if you could do that. And then they informed me, the guys that I was with, they said, you know, that's one of the reasons uh, you can't, A, but uh, in Central Park, if you've ever noticed, you'll never see a drone in Central Park. are they prohibited? They are prohibited, and I guess they actually jam the signal that is needed. So if you took a drone to Central Park, even though it's like a do not fly zone, if you tried to get your drone up in the air, My understanding is it would be unsuccessful because they have a system in place that will jam the wireless signal that is needed for your drone to actually get up in the air. But imagine if they didn't have that in place, how Central Park would suck because everybody would Would want that drone footage. They'd be crashing everywhere.
1: Drone
2: talk. Thanks, Steve. That was beautiful. Thank you. All right. uh, When we come back, oh, let's stay in the ocean, uh, sort of. There is... It's coming. 3D printed fish fillets. They are coming. I'm in. Oh, okay. I want to hear more about that. And if you see something, say something when we come right back on my talk. Hey, guys, it's Donna for Bradshaw and Bryant Law Firm. You know, motorcycle season is among us. And so this is a good time to remind drivers to be careful out there. I did not realize this until talking to Mike Bryant of Bradshaw and Bryant. That motorcycle insurance does not include personal injury protection coverage. That is crazy to me. But it's also why if you are a motorcyclist who's been injured as a result of another driver's negligence, you definitely want to get a hold of an attorney with specific experience and knowledge in this area. You know, someone who knows the motorcycle traffic laws, who is great at presenting evidence to a potentially biased jury, someone who has dealt with complicated accident cases it doesn't cost you anything to inquire so why not get a hold of mike bryant at bradshaw and bryant you can get his personal opinion as to whether or not you have an actionable case you could reach him today by going to minnesota personal injury.com minnesota personal injury.com hey good morning welcome back to the show donna and steve on my talk 107.1 where talk is
1: fun <laughs> Steve, I was watching
2: some of those videos that you were talking about of the drone
1: yeah.
2: um, getting video of sharks very very close to paddle borders
0: and the the ignorance of the of the paddle borders is what's most compelling in these videos and again <sighs> these aren't violent these aren't violent no no one gets attacked these aren't shark attack videos It just shows you a different perspective. And there was one time in particular where the drone was down very, very low, and it sort of gave the perspective of what a paddleboarder would see, which is just kind of like dark water. Right. And when you get up a little bit over shallow water, the sun's hitting different, and you can very distinctly, very clearly see these sharks. I know I just uh, stepped out of the room to... Tell you that, and then I saw dawn Don McLean Don't, in the old uh, prep room.
2: You didn't traumatize her, did you?
0: I just said, you know, Don, we were just talking about something that we can't. She was like, I already know. I know. I heard what you were saying. It was sharks, wasn't it? It was sharks. <laughs> Don does not like the ocean uh-uh. whale talk. Not a fan of whales.
2: You know, had having gone whale watching within the past year and having so much success with so many sightings. I feel differently. as If I'm on a boat and it's a real, real heavy boat,
0: mm-hmm.
2: I'm okay with it because you. I can't even explain it. It's like this transcendental experience where you're just like in awe. Yes. Like I could have stayed out there all day yeah. just watching these whales. It was so beautiful.
0: However, <laughs> once you are aware... That those are beneath you. Mm-hmm. It, you have a different perspective. I've always said, if I ever fell overboard, let's say on a cruise I would ship, die. Well, I would die of a heart attack. Same. Because I would, I, I, I would die of fear before I had a chance to drown. Because here's my thought, is imagine you're in the ocean. And let's say the cruise ship is going off in the distance, okay? Just an absolute horror story. And you're there. And then you finally slow your breath a little bit. And you're like, okay, I'm going to tread water. I'm going to float a little bit. And then it's almost like you sense a shadow beneath you in the water. And then just a a gentle, long brushing over your foot of like. (sighs) And you feel the long, long, long body of a sperm whale beneath your feet.
2: Why does it have to be a sperm whale? Hey, if you see
1: something, say something. Oh, that is catchy, huh? Time for If You See Something, something, say, something, you see something say Something with Donna and Steve. If you see something, say something. Come on and party tonight.
0: So Donna's sperm shaming whales No, that's cool. <laughs> it's the largest of the toothed whales
1: Yeah, but are their teeth like, you know, the kind that just filter plankton? Oh,
0: I don't know. I don't know. I I, I just have a feeling if push came to shove, they could use them as teeth.
1: Well, they're not going to chomp on you. The thing about the whales is that you just got to worry about them swallowing you whole.
0: Whole. Oh, my god. And then you get
1: stuck in the teeth. Oh. And then you're in that in-between liminal space within the whale.
0: Wow. The typical (laughs) lifespan of a sperm whale, 70 years. Wow. It's federally listed as endangered under the Endangered Species Act.
1: Thanks. Oh, their teeth look sharp. Sorry.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What i do to be plankton. Hey! It's very frightening. Uh,
2: Another fish talk. um, An Israeli Israeli firm has created the first ever 3D bioprinted grouper, which is ready to cook upon printing. Now, if I understood this better, I'd be more excited.
1: Mm.
2: It's stakeholder foods who have created what they're calling a non-traditional fish for eating. It won't harm the environment. It's a grouper fish fillet. And they created this in partnership with uh, umami meats. Umami. And it has a taste and texture similar to that of a real fish fillet. But Mm. I... I I guess it's not fish, obviously. They said in the first fish tasting, we showcased a cultivated product that flakes, tastes, and melts in your mouth Mm. exactly like excellent fish should. They're hoping to bring this fish to the market in the coming months. This is something we would have to try.
0: I would be open to that i like fish
2: i mean and the point behind this is coming up with solutions that increase food security and so they customized they customized this bio ink that works with umami's cells umami and optimizes the taste and the texture to meet the high standards of consumers I think I need to know more about what a 3D printer is.
0: You know, I want to stand with you, Queen, because I guess it's weird for us to try to understand that a 3D printer can create a house.
2: It almost feels like magic.
0: It does feel like magic.
2: (laughs) But it's science. But it's science. (laughs) Good point. And they
0: can make, what can a 3D printer make? Fish fillet and a modular home, car parts. Mm -hmm. Um, That's already right there. pretty tough for me to wrap my head around the same device. I mean, the fact that we can shift from color to black and white at home is a thing. You're telling me I could just say, oh man, I wish we had that toaster oven. Let's just print it.
1: At some point, we'll be able to do that.
2: Yeah, I think because they're calling it a printer is why I have a disconnect. Like, call it something else. Because a printer, to me, is going down the hall here and just pressing a button and getting a copy of a piece of paper.
0: You ever watch any 3D printers?
2: No, I think I need to.
0: Yeah. Again, YouTube, they got some good videos. And you'll just watch, and it's something just created. It's crazy. When you type 3D printer right now on YouTube, two of the first five things you'll see are a 3D printer making a Stormtrooper mask and a Mandalorian mask.
2: I think my niece's fiance does 3D printing. I think he has some form of a 3D printer in his basement. He's like a science guy, and um, he makes things. Like I think... He's also a Star Wars fan, which is what made me think of him, that he may have made a lightsaber. I don't know. I don't get it.
0: It does feel like it would be fun.
2: Oh, definitely. And I have to say, I do. I I like the idea behind making sustainable food for people where now maybe we're saving animals. From the chopping block.
0: But even if we run out of animals, we'll probably be able to 3D print them.
2: Right, right. You want a dog? Here you go. Here comes Fido. I We're don't trying know. Trying to find out it's how much
0: these 3D printers cost. Sound yeah, some like $1100. Well, a little one you could get uh 279 on Amazon. Oh, we should we should get one for the show.
2: All right. We'll all make something.
0: We 3D print an object each week.
2: I love it. Why don't you buy it, and then we'll give the bill to our no? We'll give the bill to our boss. We'll get compensated. Oh yeah,
0: they don't even compensate mileage.
2: I think they do actually.
0: Oh, I need to turn in some mileage. Bye, Holly. Bye, Holly.
2: Bye. Thank you. When we come back, we'll have a little music news.